handle the truth. So we are back. And this is Saturday Night Cell Block. I'm introducing, you know, uh, each show as, as it rolls out in my head, you know, and I design, uh, you know, just some little visuals to make it a little bit easier for the viewer or whatnot. But I don't want to take away from the discussions um, and how important that they, they really, really are. So tonight's discussion, I have, I have uh, Mr. Mark Caruso. Now, Mr. Mark Crusoe and I had done a show previously. He was uh, running for office, I believe, for a different seat. And now he's coming in trying to uh, win the seat for mayor for Winter Gardens, Winter Springs, Florida. Winter Springs, Florida. So uh, bringing Mark in into the new cell block. What seat was you running for currently and what are you running for now? Well, I was running for House District 38, state representative, and dropped out of that race. I uh, wasn't getting enough support. Uh, the guy that is in the seat now, he's just got he's got way too much money. You know, you just can't compete with it. Even the person he's running against now that that took over the spot that I was in, you know, she. She can't even probably come close to him as far as money-wise, and he's probably going to win anyway. So it might have been best that I did drop out of it. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it was a little disappointing because, uh, you know, my heart was in it, and I wasn't getting enough support. So, it, you know, it is what it is. So now I'm running for mayor of Winter Springs, where I live, actually. And there you go. You see that right there. <laughs> So that's where I'm at. And now we're, you know, a couple of days until Election Day. And I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'm going to win. Got a lot of support here in the community. You know, my background speaks for itself. People like that. Um, I have two running mates that are running for commission. They're doing great. I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, win across the board for all three of us. People here want change. They want to vote the incumbents out because they're not doing anything. And that seems to be, you know, what's going on in a lot of cities. So you're going to be mayor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it still hasn't sunk in yet. What do, what do the, what do the responsibilities of a mayor have? Like, what would your daily routine be? Well, the, the, the job for the, of the mayor is basically you're the face of the city. You know, you, you, you know, you get involved with the community uh, you know, you talk to the residents, see what they need, see what needs to be fixed, see what things are going on. And then you, you know, you bring that back to the commission, you bring it to the city manager, you know, you get things done, you know, together as, as, as a group, you know, and you, and you work for the people and you do what the people need. So right now, the biggest thing in Winter Springs, uh, we got hit real bad with the hurricane and we had a lot of people that lost their homes because of um, neglect by the city. They didn't clean out the storm drains. They didn't dredge the creek that we have running through the city. So all that water backed up into people's houses. And they are very, very upset, and rightfully so. They should be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the first things that I want to start right away is, number one, cleaning out the storm drains throughout the whole city. And I found out that we're going to have to buy the equipment because apparently the city sold the equipment like seven years ago. 
go figure. You know, this, that explains why they didn't do the work. And, of course, dredge out the, the uh, creek. You know, it's, it's I've did, seen who, the... Who did they sell right? the equipment to? I don't know that yet. But when I get in there, I'm going to look into a lot of things with uh, a lot of money that's missing, a lot of equipment that's missing. Because uh, the taxpayers got, bought all that equipment, right? right? 100%. And I'm going to I'm going to get to the bottom of it because, you know, me with corruption. Absolutely. You know? So um, they they pretty much did away with a lot of the services that we have in the city and they and they outsourced it like our water, for example. We went from having our own public works department that handled our own water. And now we hired a company that handled the Flint, Michigan water. The company's called Veolia. <laughs> so why we hired this company is beyond me, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And I'm pretty sure I know what it's about. And most of the time, it's, yeah. that, you know, so well, we, the I'm people, yeah, we, the people appreciate that because I mean, we, we our, our pockets are, are hit hard enough as it is now. And to know yeah. that, that we're paying all of these taxes to barely get by and that our government isn't doing they're misappropriating the money some kind of way. Yeah. We really appreciate officials that are willing to get in there and look and see what's going on for our sake. Yeah. You know, so I mean, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, that I talk to, they're like, you know, we like you, you're, you're a normal person. You're not a politician. And I'm not, you know, I can't even talk like a politician. I can't even lie to people the way some of these guys do. It's just, it, it, it'll hurt me. It'll hurt my own pride and my ethics, if I got, if I lie, if I even try to lie, I just can't do it. It's not in yeah. me. And that's what we need, man. We just need people, you know, either love them or hate them. One of the biggest, uh, one of the, the biggest compliments I would hear about Trump from everybody was the fact that while we were going through COVID, the man was on TV every day, Right. He was on TV every day and he was informing us. We saw him, you know, and, and that gives us comfort. That gives us comfort to see our representatives working, to know that they're doing something. Now, when the cameras go off and stuff, who knows? Yeah. But all I'm saying is that from the people's perspective, when we see our representatives actually doing something, it gives us comfort. You know, it makes us feel good. So, I mean, again, we appreciate that. And this is why I have you on my show because I know that you're 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 a stand up individual and you are you have a record for going at corruption. And if I correct me if I'm wrong, the last the last interview that we had, you were griping about the water at that time, right? Yes. That was one of the main reasons why you were going in for that seat yep. because of the water issue. And this was yes. prior to the hurricane that we just had, and you were warning right. these people. Mm-hmm. I was. Everybody there was a lot of people that were warning them because you know, I, I when I got involved with the mayor race, it was the people that actually live here in my city that that reached out to me because they knew I was running for the house, and they knew that I really didn't have uh, a chance to really beat the guy that's in there now. And I and I and I respected the way they they, they approached me, you know. And they like, listen, we know that you really can't beat him. You don't have the money. You don't have the backing. You know all that stuff, but. We want you to try and run for mayor, you know, and, and, and I listened to them and I did it. I made the change and, and here we are, you know, where we're about to win. 
Well, God bless you. Now, shifting gears a little bit, speaking of which, you know, um, a lot of what's going on down in South Florida with, uh, you know, the Parkland shooting. Um, now, I know you and I just touch touch basis and you haven't really been following that too much because, you know, you right. got your campaign and all that going on. But um, you are aware of the fact that this kid walked into the sh- school and, and killed 17 people and, and whatnot. Yes. He was he he uh, pled out to the charges and he was sentenced to 30 essentially 36 or 37 life sentences consecutively. Um, I mean, they pretty much did everything that they could. The the judge did everything that she could in her power to eliminate his life. Um, you know, to the extent that she garnished his commissary until all restitution is paid off. You're talking all restitution is paid yeah. off. But, you know, you, you know as well as I do, there's ways around that. There is. And and a couple, you know, a couple people would ask me about that. And I said, well, sure, there's ways around that. And what I would do is there's not ways around the garnishment. Right. But what I would do is, is I would have to have money sent to another inmate's books. Yep. And he would have to go to the store for me, you know, right. and fill out a list. But in the case of individuals like this, who's going to nobody's going to go to the commissary for this guy. If he puts books on anybody's commissary, they're going to take it. Don't, don't, uh, don't think that's always true. Mm. Because as long as you have that in prison, you can get almost anything you want. You know that. So well, this if, is true. If he, and if he has money. If he has family that, that has money and they have a way to get money to him or through other inmates, oh, you better believe that they're going to get it for him, but they're also going to charge him at the same time. He might wind up with half, you know, of what he actually gets. And he's got to give the other half to the inmate that that's getting the money from the outside. That's how it works. You know that. Right. Yeah. Well, there's no question. And there's ways around everything. Right. And with that, you know, we're looking at sentencing this person. This this kid is 23 years old now. And. Mm-hmm. You're talking, let's just say, another 50 years. Let's give him 50 years. Let's just say he lives to 73 inside of prison. That's 50 years at $36,000 a year. That's almost two, $2 million mm-hmm. for this one individual to house him under these conditions yep. for the rest of his life until he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the state of Florida pays its execution or $150 per execution. So how do you feel, Mark? How do you feel in situations like this when you have an individual that committed such a, a crime and, and, and just changed the scope of a community? What do you do with this individual? Do you, do you yeah, put him to death? Are you for the death a, penalty in fashions like that? or That's a real, real, you know hard discussion you know because you have a lot of uh, emotions you know from the families and you have to listen to the families you know and you know in a case like this there's so many families you know that you know the, the judge has to make a decision or the prosecutor you know do we listen to all the family members they want the death penalty do we go for the death penalty or do we go for the, the surefire win, which is life? You know, there, there could have been reasons why 
you know, they, they didn't want to go for life. It's, it's hard to say. And it's, it's a real, real sensitive issue, you know, that it's not easy to talk about. In this case, uh, three of the 12 jurors in the, in, the, in the deciding factor, because, you know, in 2016, it used to be up to the judge. The jury, it, it was it was uh, discretionary. You might as right. well say, you know, they would give their discretion, and the judge really could overturn that ruling if they wanted to. But in 2016, they uh, they ruled that that is no longer so. The power went back into the jury, and the jury ultimately decides life or death. Right. So in this case, three of the twelve found uh, mental capacity to be a reason for the crimes. And that this is the reason why he got life versus yeah. death because of, of uh, you know, his, his competence, yeah. so to speak. Well, in my opinion, I don't, this is just my opinion with everything surrounding, you know, his case. I don't think he's going to live his entire life, you know, long in prison, in my opinion. I think either the inmates are going to get him or other unfortunate circumstances. And I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly what we have the family running around screaming about now. You know, the, the yeah, family yeah, is crying that's that's for emotions. this man right. to be brutally murdered in prison. Right. And me coming from that environment and me having that type of, of mentality in there at the time, specifically dealing with pedophiles, you know, at the time that I'm dealing with pedophiles, I'm justifying it in my mind by thinking that I'm doing the public good. The, I'm doing what the public wants me to do. Right. And me and, and a, a gentleman named Demetrius on our Thursday night show, we talk about this this image that we have to have because Thursday nights we're kind of carrying this conversation about teen killers. Why are our teenagers killing so quickly? Mm-hmm. And... He brought up a story about this this kid in football, and on the back of his jersey was the name Killer Mike, and he had to, this kid was living up to that name, that expectation that was being put on him to commit the violence that he was in the game, mm-hmm. and I think we put a lot of them those expectations on our children, on our communities, on certain people, specifically prisoners. Because that's what I felt like. I felt like when I was in there and I was doing these things that I was doing the public service. This is what they wanted me to do. I hear him say it all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to pedophiles. And we're hearing this here. But what makes them any different, Mark? What makes them any different from that kid who went into that, sh- that school? He wanted to kill people. He wanted people dead. And now you have these people in here, even their own children wishing yeah. that this this human being goes in there and gets murdered what makes them different well what makes them different is yes they're they're family of those kids you know and it's emotions so it's 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 hard to put yourself you know in that in that uh in the same mindset as they are because they lost a loved one and you, you really can't, uh, you know, put yourself in their position to understand how they're feeling. You know, it's emotions right now. They want them dead. You know, that that's going to happen. That's normal. Give it, give it a year from now, two years from now, they might look back at it and they're like, you know what, I, I you know, I was wrong for thinking that, you know, um, 
you know, there's a lot of things that could change the way they feel. And it's hard. It's really hard. And you, you, nobody, nobody could ever put themselves in that unless they've been through it. So that's, that's absolutely that's correct. That's absolutely correct. And that goes for both sides, you know, and we have to start thinking about that as far as, as these killers as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, like, like you just said, you know, the emotion is there and the emotion is real, but there's yeah. something in there that, that in our conscious that tells us not to act on those emotions. Yeah. And if that is not there, that mechanism is not there, then what stops us? What, what, you know, what, what stops us from, from acting out these emotions? Mm -hmm. And what I see today is, is, is a bunch of Americans who live in their emotions. Yeah, They're sure. constantly in their emotions from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep. And, and it's, it's become ingrained in them. So if they're not in their emotions, they feel out of place. They yeah. have to create drama. They have to create something for the to be back in their emotions so they feel yeah. comfortable in their skin again. Right. And this is this is what I see out of a lot of Americans, you know, and it's it's a scary place to be. Yeah, they want an eye for an eye. That's what they want. And and you know, unless you've you know, lost someone like that, you don't know what it feels like. So you know, it's hard. And I, I think they're gonna get their ultimate wish anyway if they really truly want it because i don't think he's gonna last in my I, I guess i'm i'm trying to get to like to the root like we as americans we as a society we love to see blood and gore you know what i mean we love to see it we yep. pay for it but when we see it happen in real life it's the complete side of the spectrum we want we don't want it we want peace we want harmony we don't want this in our community you know, mm -hmm. so how are children supposed to decipher that when it's when they have an adult society showing that violence is is extreme, that violence is is what gets people's attention. But yet this this displaying violence is wrong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the kids are going to they're going to see it and there's no stopping it. Because parents these days, they either don't shelter the kids from that violence or they engage with them and show them that violence. So, you know, it's, it's not a perfect society, as you know. And that's one of the reasons why we have kids that grow up like that, because of the parenting. You know, the, the parents are failing these kids. And Absolutely. Wind, and they wind up in prison. We're definitely failing our children. Definitely mm -hmm. failing our children. So you wanted to, um, you actually wanted to bring some awareness to something going on within the National Guard, yes? Yeah, the uh, DOC has brought in the National Guard to help assist with the, uh, the, the shortage of officers. Because, you know, I don't know if you're aware that we're about 6,000 officers short in the prisons. So uh, Secretary Ricky Dixon decided to bring in the National Guard as a supplement to the uh, shortage of officers. So they're bringing in roughly 325 guardsmen throughout the state or throughout certain facilities that they, you know, they have them at. And uh, they're only getting about a one week, one week of training. And DOC is providing them uniforms, 
which is a little bit different than the officers' uniforms. So you can you can kind of tell, you know, who's the officers and who's the guardsmen. But my problem is, and you know DOC like I do, is once you put them in a uniform, they're going to start putting them all around the compound working with inmates when they shouldn't be. Because that's the old DOC trick. You know, get them in there. We're going to tell everybody. We're going to keep them outside the fence or away from inmates. But in reality, they're going to be working around inmates every day. Because these captains, they're going to be shorthanded. They're desperate for officers. And they're like, oh, you, you're a guardsman. You got a uniform. All right. Go man this post. Who's going to stop them? Nobody. That's right. When they captain's come into work, the when they come into work on that Tuesday morning and that captain's on the yard and he says, hey, you know, I, I need you over here today. You right. know what I mean? What's so, he going to tell him? Nah, I'm just supposed to be working perimeter. No, he's going right. to go. So technically, they're supposed to be just on perimeter, towers, secured housing bubbles, and also inside security, which to me is a no-no because inside security, they're always around inmates. They're the ones that are going to respond to an incident in a dorm. And they're the ones that are going to have to go hands-on if there's something going on. That that guardsman is not trained for that. So he shouldn't even be inside security at all. You no, know, he's, he's combat trained. I mean, so, so exactly. his first reaction is going to be combat. Right. So I was told they're, they're issued uh, black polo shirts with the FDC logo <laughs> and camel pants. This is what a person's telling me. Um and then, they, and then, of course, they go on to say, you know, anything camo is not supposed to be in the prison, but yet they're allowing it now for the guard. So that's one thing. Um, and How also, are they passing all of this? They already went through the legislature and the governor already approved it. So they've already been in there. Yeah. Has this been in the news or anything? Oh, yeah, it was in the news. Was yep. it? Yep. Um, they're even bringing in portable houses for them putting it on like staff housing, like portables. And uh, there's some, some sort of FEMA trailers that they're, they're bringing in for them. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, on the first day that one of the guardsmen went, showed up for duty, he actually walked out of the prison and never came back. <laughs> I guess he got a, a reality check of what prison was like, which means to me that they had him around inmates. Because if he's just outside the fence or in a tower, I don't think he would really leave. You know, these they're, they're getting paid very well to be working in these prisons. A lot of money. How, I, the, I wonder how that pays. Are they getting double paid? Are they getting paid for? I, I think they're making somewhere around seven grand a month. And the budget, from what they said, was around thirty-two million for the budget, just for the guardsmen. So they're getting uh, $60 an hour, seven grand a month, to do what an officer's doing. Now, think about that for a second. All these officers that are working double shifts, three, four, five days a week, busting their asses, have to work around inmates, and here you bring in the National Guard making all this money, and they don't even have to do anything. You're going to have more officers quitting because of the way you get treated. Total lack of accountability from the secretary down. Well, 
it's, it's like we were it's just crazy. talking, Mark. You it's know, crazy. it's 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 take that thirty two million dollars, put the damn agency back on twelve hour shifts. People will start coming back, and you won't be losing officers anymore. It's as simple as that. They just don't want to do it because if they do it, then they're gonna have to. They have to admit that they failed with the eight hour shift. That's right. That's right. And and that's that's what we were just talking about again. Emotionals, you know, emotional responses, and and that's what this is. Is is there's there's no thought into it. There's. I mean, you have me here in Florida. You have so there. There's so many advocates that these representatives can sit down and say, "Listen, this is the problem. We need right. a fix." Right. And man, I, I will have a game plan with them in in three days of a fix. I, can, I don't even need three days. <laughs> you know what I mean? So long, they can hear. They can hear from me in five minutes. So me as an American citizen, when I sit back and I see this, how do I say or how do I have faith that the government is for me, that these representatives are here to represent me when I know that you and I can come up with a game plan to fix this in in less than three days? Yeah, well, unfortunately, they're not going to listen to us. So, you know, they're going to keep making mistakes until they're either voted out or they wake up and do the right thing. I'm surprised I haven't heard about that in none of my groups. I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to get into that. But yeah, I sent you another interview I did with another group, and we specifically spoke about the National Guard, and that is a lot of good information in there that you could use. Plus, what I just told you now, because the information I just told you came to me after I did that interview, like the pay scale, some of the uniform stuff. You know that some of that stuff wasn't in the interview that I did with them. Was that a was that a Republican or a Democrat Who? bill? This legislation that was passed in order to do this was this. Well, it got passed through the legislature. They approved it, and then the governor signed off on it. DeSantis. But that's what I'm saying is who whose bill was it? Who introduced this? I don't. I don't even think it was a bill. It wasn't a bill. I'm going to look into this and see what the hell yeah. is going on, man, because that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. No, because me being on the inside and knowing you're absolutely correct, and then you're going to have these officials in there who is already in an overstressed population, and yep. they have no experience on how to handle inmates in any kind of situation, in yep. an already overstressed situation, and already where the state of Florida has removed visitations has is is trying to has removed mail you can't even receive mail anymore they're trying yeah. to get rid of visitations well, do everything there's electronic pros, there's, there's pros and cons with the mail situation i get both sides of it but you got to look at it from a security point as well if you if you can to, to understand it i don't think mark i really don't think it would be an issue if the system worked that's the issue. You don't know True. how many, how many daily messages I get of the frustration from family members because they, they didn't get the pictures. Their, their video conference that they had scheduled didn't go through. You yeah. know what I mean? The system barely ever works. True. Don't I, I, I don't think I really, would really have a problem with an electronic system because, one, the biggest thing for me as an inmate 
was I hated getting rid of cards, right? My daughter would send me cards, fam- and next thing I knew, I had a thousand cards that I wouldn't that I, I'm I'm lugging in, and you know, and of course, you know, our space is very limited, right? You know, so and then there's and a there's a lot of pluses that come with that with the system that works, that. right? If you go to confinement, you might lose a lot of that property. But you, know, you get that one officer who, you know, there's there's many of them like that that'll just start throwing things out. Oh, he's got too much. Throw it out. Yeah, I just got a comment from from the crowd that said my video visit didn't go through today. My husband said, please don't cry. It's not worth it. You know, and this is this is the stress on 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 the families and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um. Mark, thank you so much, and and thank you for taking the time tonight on on the spot the way that you did. Yeah, you know, that's no another great attribute about you is that you're willing to talk to the people at any cost, and and you're sacrificing. You have family there in the house with you. You just came from a long day of campaigning, <laughs> oh, and you boy. still took the time out. to come on the show. So I greatly I appreciate I, that. I think I was up at four o'clock this morning, getting ready to go out, going to the polls, standing there with my sign, waving to the people going to other locations, you know, then coming home, doing things at home. So it's, it's, but when it comes to prison, I always make time for prison. Always, you know, it's always in my heart. It's always in my heart to make sure that the right thing is done, especially for the good officers. Like, you know, I advocate for, and I advocate for what's right. You know that too. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. I appreciate that, partner. Well, you take you take care, stay blessed. And we'll catch you on the flip side. You know, we'll, you, yes. next time we talk, man. You know, you might you might be a might be well, a little mayor or something. You know, pay, pay attention to the news Tuesday. Watch watch the the numbers. You'll see Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, because I'll probably live stream it for real. Okay, sounds good. Because I, I go live Tuesday anyhow, so I'll probably live stream it. But you yep. take take it easy, man. All right. All right, see partner. You soon. All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Now comes the special treat. So what I have now and what I'm going to be introducing into the show, final couple minutes, is a segment called Thoughts from the Cell. And what I'm going to try to do is just reenact different scenarios, different um, stresses, pressures that we as inmates may go through just on a, on a daily life that Society may not really get a glimpse into, so this is live, so please uh, bear with me. I will probably be, be uh, recording these and editing them, but I'm just going to give you a little taste of, of what it is. So, thoughts from the cell. Hey, Jimmy. You got a stamp? Man, I need a stamp, man. I, uh, I don't get my commissary till next week, and I got to get this letter to my daughter, man. It's got to go out today, Jimmy. Jimmy, let me just get a stamp. Pass the stamp down. Yeah, man, I'll get you two stamps when I go to the store again, man. Goodness. I got to get this letter out today, man. It's got to get there by next week to my daughter. I appreciate it. 
Hey, princess. How's daddy's little princess? I'm in my cell right now, and I took some time to write the most important person in my life, which is you, of course. You know, daddy had a dream last night that we were playing freeze tag on the beach, and we had a contest to see who built the biggest sandcastle. And you won, of course. Your sandcastle was so big. And you took my hand and showed me all the different rooms in your sandcastle. You did such a wonderful job. And as always, Daddy was very, very proud of you. I hope you're doing good in school because school is very important. And it makes Daddy so happy to hear how good you're doing. Everybody tells Daddy what a special little lady I have and how smart you are. And I just tell them you have your daddy's brains. Do you remember our secret? And you know who you can tell when you have a secret? You can tell the man in the moon our secrets because when I look at the moon, he will let me know what you said. So whenever you look at the moon, you let daddy know and know that daddy is always looking at the moon and I'll know what you're thinking. Always remember whose little lady you are, and I love you more than anything in this whole world. Anything. I love you, princess, and daddy will be home soon. Love, your dad. Hey, CO. CO, I got to get the mail out. CO. CO. What do you mean the mailman didn't come today? The mail's got to go. It's Friday. The mail goes out. What do you mean he didn't come? I can't send it out. It's got to go out today, CO. CO, man. Come on, man. My daughter's got to get this, man. She's leaving. And if... I, I know I shouldn't have come to prison, but I did, CO. What do you want me to do? I got to get this out. You know, you know, I spent a lot of frustration, a lot of times like that, behind bars like this, in situations like that. And I had to come to the, to the realization, you know, that I was already incarcerated, and now I'm trying to be a good dad. And true enough, we can change and attempt, you know, new things, but... I can't allow the situations that I've gotten myself into to frustrate me or aggravate me because I expect people to bend when I wasn't willing to bend when it counted. When I was in prison, I was forcing people. I was trying to be a good dad. I was trying to show people that I was a good dad, really, to make myself feel like I wasn't a bad dad because I was in prison. But the fact remains, I was a bad dad because of the actions that I took to go to prison. I wasn't thinking about being a good dad before I went to prison. So I sacrificed that. And it took me years to understand that and realize that before I could really just start accepting some of the things like what we just saw, you know. So just think about these things before we allow our emotions to get out of control. I've been spending a lot this week speaking about emotions because a lot of us are, are constantly in them. 
We have no control over them. We're not even aware of it. And then when things happen, and then we have time to sit down and think about it, we realize that we should have or could have handled it much differently. So this is Thoughts from the Cell. This is what you can expect from this. Um, if you guys have any scenarios or any uh, anything that you'd like me to reenact in, in a sense like that, to try to give the public a, a sort of feel, an in-depth look, please uh, get a hold of me on social media. Other than that, please visit www.cominghomecoalition.com to see how you can contribute and, uh, you know, keep this show going and, and see what else we got going on. So until Tuesday night, stay blessed, stay care, love you guys, and we out.